Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Richmond's home for VCU basketball. And the Rams begin their 2023-2024 season trying to defend their championship here in the A-10 on Monday from the Siegel Center. And I will be out and about at the VCU block party beginning at 5 p.m. with food and drinks and giveaways uh, for people of all ages. But right now it's time to check in with the D3 hoop scene in the state of Virginia. I appreciate hearing from members of the AWOD Army, and it's always open lines and open communication on this show. You can call in 833-804-0910, or you can tweet me at AWOD Radio to get your point across on air. And several members of the AWOD Army have shown me their enthusiasm for great D3 basketball in the state of Virginia. Our region and state have become hotbeds for great teams. So today, we've got a very special guest joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. That's the head coach at Hampton, Hampton Sydney, Coach Kimbra. What's going on, Coach? Adam, what's going on, man? I love how you're talking VCU. we got... We got our boy up there, Odom. He's also a Hampton Sydney guy. So Absolutely, we got the D3 mixed in up there. But uh, thank you for having me. Absolutely, and um, I'm fired up for the season. It's going to begin with a big time game here, as of course Hampton Sydney has been picked first in the ODAC, and they will start their season against CNU. How fired up are you? Oh yeah, we're fired up. I mean, it'll be an exciting, exciting atmosphere here in Farmville. Um, there's a lot of anticipation for the game. You know, it'll be a big game, but it's it's this one game, and we're just trying to focus, make sure we're not getting too high. You know, it doesn't doesn't uh, have any indication on the whole season, but we're definitely excited about it. I, I, I'm excited. I haven't been out to Farmville for a game, but I hear it's a great place to watch basketball. Uh, what makes it such a special environment? I'm telling you, man, I've been a lot of small liberal arts schools uh, up and down the East Coast, and... You know, Hampton Sydney does it like no other, just in the sense of pride that people take in the institution here. Um, I mean, people come back. I mean, people sport the gear. You're at a small college, but, you know, it's really treated like a big university. You know, that's the feel that it has. And um, I think the sense of brotherhood and, you know, just the alumni network we have and how some, you know, how everybody cares about it is what lends to that. You got a lot of your starters returning from last season. Tell me a little bit about your squad. We do. We return just about everybody. We do lose Harrison Taylor, uh, seeing that graduated for us. And although he didn't play a ton for us, he was a huge, had a huge impact on the squad. But yeah, we return all our starters. Um, several of the guys that played coming off the bench, and we're excited about that. You know, this is it's been great to have that experience and I think what you get with that is a player-led team I mean you see my guys a lot in practice talking to each other and they're doing a lot of the coaching you know sometimes I'm you know we have those conversations prior to the practice and they're kind of taking over which is something that um, we had a little bit last year but it's definitely taken to another level this year. It's Coach Kimbrough from Hampton, Sydney, here with us on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. I'm Adam Epstein. This is AWOD Radio on the new sports radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. And locally here in Richmond, Randolph-Macon won the 2022 National Championship. CNU won the 2023 National Championship. 
and Hampton City, Randolph-Macon, and CNU will all three appear uh, in the top 20 preseason out of 300 National Division three schools. And so I, I want to get your take on the history of D3 hoops in Virginia. Is this like, has it risen, or has Virginia just always been known for D3 hoops, in your opinion? Yeah, I think we've always been known. You know, it's not as populated as the Northeast with Division three schools. I mean, there's more... Division three is up in the Northeast. It's more common. I think it's talked about more up there. But I definitely think that the level of talent down here is overlooked. And you just you just said it with the last two national champions coming from the state. Um, yeah, and there's several others that are that are equally as good across the board. Um, a lot of them in the ODAC. So I think you know we're excited about that, and we're excited we get to play those type of teams year in and year out. Anytime I get a head coach on, on the show, I've got to pick your brain on, on your philosophy with the three-point shot. You know, I'm old school. I, I grew up that, and I'm, I'm only 30, but I grew up that if you have an open layup or an open jump shot, you take that. And nowadays it seems like you see guys give up the open layup to kick it out for the three-point shot. What's your philosophy on that? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. The guy I probably worked under the longest was all about getting the ball inside every chance possible. Um, playing from the inside out, mm-hmm. I think is is I've developed my own philosophy over the years. Uh, it's less about just taking more threes and more about you know how are we working to create an advantage and let's make sure you know we're not settling. Um, so I think we're a good balance. I think last year we te- you know we tend to take a lot of threes, but we also had some balance, got the ball inside. So uh, you know I, don't, I wouldn't say I'm one way or the other. Coach, how has the transfer portal and NIL at the D1 level affected how you recruit? You know what? I mean, we've always gone after players that we liked. Almost, you know, we haven't – we've kind of put the blinders on. You know, we, we get turned down a lot if a guy's a, a clearly getting scholarships at Division One level. Um, but the past few years, it, it definitely has allowed us to recruit uh, and continue to recruit a, more, recruit a more talented player, I feel like. Um, you know, and, and land that player, you know, sometimes early in the process. And that definitely comes, there seems to be a little bit of an anxiety about there not being as many roster spots sometimes across the board. Um, and just knowing that Division One schools, I mean, although they may not all do it, uh, it seems like a lot of them uh, would rather go look for an experienced transfer as opposed to trying to, to grab a high schooler and, and develop them. And so, you know, we've been more on the still go after the high school senior and develop them, and it does seem like we've been in the mix with guys year in and year out that you know, could, could probably play scholarship level, uh, you know, prior to this whole transfer portal thing. It's Coach Kimbrough with Hampton Sydney with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. And Hampton Sydney has nearly 5,000 alum here in the Richmond area. So, what message would you like to send to them to get the fan base excited for the season and give all of us a reason to come see you guys play? You know what? I just saw a lot of those alum at our tip off banquet, which was this past Friday. Um, it was so good connecting with all of them. But to everybody out there, one, I'd like to say thank you for supporting this program and school that the way you do. Um, and two, I'd like to say, man, we, you know, we're coming. We're excited, and uh, we understand there's a lot of excitement due to the preseason ranking, but you need to know that our team is appreciative of that and, and grateful that uh, we got those rankings, but it has no bearing on this year. 
and we're fired up and eager uh, to get out there and show what we can do with this group. Well, Coach, thank you so much for the time. Good luck this season, and we'll have to get you in studio in the offseason, man. Oh, Adam, let's do it, man. I'd love it. Awesome. Thank you so much, man. Good luck. All righty. Take care. Yep. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open if you want to chime in. 833-804-0910. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. It is a football Friday, and we've got an action-packed week nine of the NFL. And it began began last night with the Titans and Steelers. Steelers win uh, 20-16 to thanks to an interception there at the one-yard line. Will Levis trying to lead the Titans down the field for the game-winning score. Uh, but then it begins Sunday at 9.30 a.m., from Frankfurt, Germany, with a big-time matchup, Dolphins against the Kansas City Chiefs. First, uh, phone lines are open if you want to chime in, 833-804-0910, 833-804-0910. And uh, we've got a caller on line one, uh, Mitty in Scott's Edition. What's going on, bud? What's going on, man? How's it going? I'm going pretty good. So yesterday on the show, I gave out my certified game of the week. Each week, I give out my certified game of the week. But you told me you had a better one. So let's hear it after this sounder. This is AWOT's certified game of the week. Officially recognized as the NFL game this weekend that is certain to meet the qualifications or viewing standards set by football guys around the country. Touchdown! 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 Diving for the left pylon. He's in for the touchdown. Guaranteed to be a football guy's football game. All right, I chose Bills at Bengals. It's a rematch of the playoff match last year in which the Bengals upset the Bills in the snow. You got a better game? We watched the better game last night, and that's the Pittsburgh Steelers. There's no better team in the NFL right now than the Pittsburgh Steelers. T.J. Watt is the best player in the entire NFL. Can't miss TV anytime he is on the field. A. Watt, I truly believe he should be the front runner for MVP this season. You know what? You make a good point because the Steelers' offense has been hard to watch at times. I have Najee Harris on my fantasy team, and he's just—he's not doing enough for me. He'll get in the end zone, but he's—I don't think has he broken even a hundred yards this year. He hasn't broken 100 yards, but, I mean, at least he got a touchdown last night. He probably got you, what, 10, 11 points? Yeah. So why do you why do you think that was the game of the week? Because T.J. Watts on the field and this Pittsburgh Steelers team, you can book it right now. They're going to the Super Bowl, and they're going to win it all. <laughs> no way. Are you kidding me with that Absolutely. offense? <laughs> Absolutely, Ken. There's been worse, worse offenses to win the Super Bowl. Look at the 2000 Ravens. Yeah, but the 2,000 Ravens didn't lose 30-6 to to the Texans. <laughs> oh, come on. Our defense is way better than those 2,000 Ravens. You tell your buddies at D3 Travel who are booking Orlando deals to book the Pittsburgh Steelers because <laughs> we're going to Disney World, baby. <laughs> hey, I-, I love the passion, man. So you're on a one-game win streak against the Titans. How many games is this going to last? you got the Packers next week, then at the Browns, at the Bengals. Those are very tough games. Oh, we're winning out all the way through. No <laughs> doubt about it. 
Who's the best wide receiver on the Steelers right now? Talent-wise, it might be George Pickens, but, you know, I think if Deontay Johnson can get the ball a lot more, I think he can really produce some numbers. Do you think that there was a chance that Tomlin was going to lose his job if it didn't work out this season? Absolutely not. I think he's got the safest seat in the entire NFL. Mm. The man does not lose. You know, the community loves him. He, he just produces, even with mediocre teams. He still gets the job done. He still wins. I know. That's, I was hoping you were saying he was going to get fired because I want him in Washington. <laughs> I, th- I think you also take a look at Matt Canada. He might be an upgrade from Rivera. <laughs> he might be, but weren't you guys calling for Matt Canada's job like three weeks ago? <laughs> exactly. He's still better than Rivera. <laughs> That's a good point. All right, man, I appreciate you calling in. Any other games that you're going to have your eye on this Sunday? Well, I, I definitely think I'm going to try to get up early and watch the Germany game. That's going to be a shootout. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Good call, man. I appreciate it. All right. Take it easy. Yep. Phone lines are open if you want to chime in. 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. Going around the NFL with a ton of really good games this weekend. He thought the game of the weekend was last night. It definitely was a very entertaining Thursday night game. Uh, but like I said, I have chosen the Sunday night game, Bills at Bengals. I also had a three-star game being the Seahawks at Ravens and the Giant or not the Giants, the Cowboys at Eagles. I actually think that that's going to be like a, a really thrilling game. 425 on Fox. The only other 4 o'clock games are Snooze Fest with the Giants against the Raiders and the Colts against the Panthers. So if you want to chime in, phone lines are open. 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. Josh, who do we got on the line here? Do we have another caller that wants to chime in? You can always tweet us at AWOD Radio, or you can call in. Who's online, too, here? Funny enough, we do. Yeah. And you may recognize his voice. Uh-oh. Who's this? Say hello, Chris. It's Stubb, AWOD. Uh-oh. Stubb, <laughs> you had to call out sick today, and now you're calling in? That's like skipping school and then going on AIM all day and chatting your friends. <laughs> you hey, got I'm mail. So, I, I'm, I'm alive enough to be on the couch, but that's about it right now. Oh, you you, you actually <laughs> you sound terrible. Like, Mike, what do you have, a case of the suds? Dude, I don't know. But I I need to call you out because you told me that the Commanders are going on a three-game win streak, and I heard you half an hour ago Mm. saying they're not even going to win one. Mm. Yeah, I know. I have flip-flopped on the Commanders for sure. But that's because they traded away the best two defensive ends that we had, Stubb. Okay. Well, (laughs) I just – I believed you, man. I know. And look, I I would still like us to win – but I, I also am a man of my word, and I said two weeks ago, if we lose to the stinking Giants, then I'm never going to pick us to win again this season. So i got to stick with that. All right. Just my, my, my best bud is a, is a number one Patriots fan, and I would, I would like to watch the game with them and, and, and be the winner. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. And uh, does he have any uh, words of encouragement here for the Patriots against the Commanders? What's his thoughts? Well, he's he's a, a, a fan of the Patriots losing every game right now to get a better draft pick. So yeah. I I don't know where he'd be rooting for him on Sunday, anyways. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I, I thought the Patriots were tanking, and then they beat the Bills and knocked me out of the damn survivor pool. <laughs> Stop! I'm blaming you for that. 
You should see him what right now. I, do? I don't know. All right, get get some rest. Get healthy. We need you back here Monday. All right, no excuses. This is a three day weekend. All right. All right. Yeah, go get some sleep. All right. You're hey, fired. hey. By the way, I did watch Survivor last night, Stubbs. So we can talk about that next week. Sounds good. Yeah. Man, does he does he sound sick or what? Like I, he, he Bye, Christopher. right? He sounds like he's on his deathbed. <laughs> yeah, like my goodness. Right. And he came into the studio. <laughs> he brought his germs to the building here, Josh. <laughs> my goodness. All right, I'm got guilty a VCU of doing game that on too. Monday. I can't get sick. Stub, you should know better than that. You can't get the talent sick. The producers can get sick all they want. The talent cannot get sick. <laughs> we, that cannot I happen. I didn't come within six feet of you. <laughs> oh, oh! So now you're social distancing? That ha- that never worked. <laughs> All right, stop. <laughs> My goodness. All right, is he still on the? Hang up on him already. My goodness. We got <laughs> we got to go to commercial break. Stub, you okay with us paying the bills here? Yeah, it's okay. All right. All right. Get better. We got the clearance from oh, from Stubby. You. My goodness. That is that is a dead man walking right there. You're wow. fired. Just, <laughs> man, I, I'll tell you this. He sounds a lot better when he's in studio with me. And maybe maybe I'll blame his phone. Like, maybe he has a bad connection. Oh, but he, you don't he think sound- the quality was good? Dude, he's, he sounds like he's been living <laughs> on the Black Pearl, and he hasn't had sustenance in a couple days. He sounds terrible. Oh, he's forgotten the taste of fruit. He has. <laughs> yes. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio on The Fan. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, Richmond's home for the Washington Commanders. They face off against the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick this Sunday after a week where there was rumors from Mike Florio that the Commanders could possibly be reaching out to Bill Belichick and want him to be their next head coach. Joining me right now, on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, you hear him right here on these airwaves every day after my show from 3 to 6 p.m. alongside Danny Ruye. It's our boy Grant Paulson. What's up, GP? Adam, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great, and I just wanted to start by publicly saying that you did an awesome job taking that phone call uh, from Chase Young's dad. We actually had two guys that called into my show the next day that were still buzzing about that interview. <laughs> Well, I appreciate you. Yeah, it was a, you know, to peel back the curtain a little bit, it was a bit of an awkward spot, right? Because it's not very often that a family member calls in and you want to be ultra respectful for obvious reasons. But also, you know, it's it's your radio show and you can't get steamrolled and the guy's, you know, suggesting essentially that you shouldn't have an opinion. So kind of a weird position, but he ended up being very pleasant, actually, and I give him a lot of credit for a good exchange, and uh, it was a, a nice conversation, honestly. So I wish Chase well. I hope he explodes and breaks out in San Francisco and gets paid. But it, it just felt like the writing was on the wall here. It's also awkward because you can never trust Ryan Clary screening calls. I, I thought he was doing a bit at first. <laughs> That's a great point, yeah. I mean, basically, I am just taking Clary's word for it that this is Chase Young's dad. So, I mean, we vetted him as best we could. You know, they told me, like, at the end of the – I was going to break, and they're like, Chase Young's dad's on the line. And I'm like, all right, let's let's make sure here. Can we quiz him? Can we ask some birthdays and, <laughs> you know, get to the bottom of some things? So we did everything we could. You know, if, he, if it was 
someone duping us initially. I mean, obviously it wasn't in the end, but uh, if, if they had done all their research, then they got one over on us. But no, it turned out it, it was actually his father, and he, he wanted to talk ball and kind of make the case that his son does not get enough credit. Absolutely, and uh, you held it together. I would have lost it when he started talking about eating hot dogs and potato chips and commenting on my son. <laughs> it was wild. <laughs> well, I mean, hot dogs are so good. Of all the things he said that were off base, including uh, that Chase Young's actually six seven or a top four <laughs> defensive end, or you know, has a, a bevy of moves. When, when he was making fun of eating hot dogs, that that's the one where he lost me. Yeah. They're just so delicious. He lost me at Deion Sanders, but, you know, that's a topic for another day. Uh, Grant Paulson with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. Check out Grant Danny right here on 910 The Fan from 3 to 6 p.m. or available on the go on the free Odyssey app. Uh, the do your job sign from a few weeks ago. Do you think that that was pointed directly at the defensive line, Montez Sweat and Chase Young? I don't know that it was just those guys, but I definitely think they were part of who Ron Rivera was trying to reach. I mean, look, there's evidence of that, right? A few years ago, uh, he went on record to Mike Silver, who at the time worked for the team, who's his long, long time buddy dating back to their college days at Cal. And he told Silver in, via quotes with his name attached to it, that those guys were essentially freelancing and specifically young, but both of them to some extent, I guess, you know, weren't doing exactly what they needed to do and, and that Young was kind of playing his own way at, on the outside and not part of the scheme. So we've got some context to say that uh, he was frustrated about that. He has confirmed since his comments after the 2020 season about the immaturity of the team all offseason and, and being worried about their maturation going into 2021, if you remember all those comments, that he was referencing Chase Young, uh, among others, but specifically, you know, the the uh, maligned, if you will, defensive end within the building. So, yeah, I think there's something to that. I'd heard rumblings for several weeks uh, from folks uh, over in Ashburn that having those two guys both playing for contracts was backfiring because they felt like, specifically Chase, but I think there's some of each here, that they were kind of hunting numbers. And, you know, when you're trying to get paid, you're trying to get sacks, maybe you're doing things a little bit differently than you would if you're doing what's best for business, what's best for the team all the time. So that's why, frankly, teams try to avoid contract years as best they can, and specifically, you know, two guys at the same position effectively at the same time. So I, I think you're on to something probably. Grant, honestly, for this weekend, I've been flip-flopping all week like a fish. My, my producer called me out on it last segment because on Monday I said, I'm so happy with the offense and the way Hal played that I could actually see the team going on a three-game win streak over the Patriots, the Seahawks, and then the Giants. But I could also see them putting up their fourth stinker game of the season and getting blown out. How do you see it playing out Sunday? I'm picking New England because the Patriots are coming off of a bye. So you got Belichick with extra time to prepare for a very young quarterback, young in terms of obviously experience. His record, which isn't overly relevant, I guess, against rookies, is relevant as it pertains to him being able to mix and match and try to match wits with a neophyte passer who's kind of seeing some things for the first time. Now, a little over midway through a first NFL season in Sam Housegate. So the extra time for Belichick, the fact that he can be a mad scientist and maybe confuse him a little bit on the road, all these things 
I would say add up to me leaning toward New England. You know, they're a three-and-a-half-point favorite, I think, last time I checked. I think that's about right. You get a couple points now for being at home and then a very slight lean to them, otherwise kind of a pick em game. But I'm going to say this. Like, to me, this is a field goal kind of game. Like, I'm contemplating uh, utilizing that hook and, and taking Washington plus three-and-a-half, thinking that they end up losing 20-17, to 17, you know, 23 to 20 or something like that. I think this is going to be, you know, probably a combined low 40s total. I think it comes down to three or four points, and I think Washington's right there. And and those games, that's one turnover. That's one missed kick, right? I I think it's a very, very winnable game. The, The Patriots offense stinks, man. I mean, they are really, really bad. Over the last five games, Brian Robinson only averaging 3.4 yards per carry. Have you lost any faith in him being our franchise running back? Well, I've never thought like he was the next 1,200-yard perennial back or anything like that. I think he serves a good purpose as a battering ram who leans on defenses and physically wears them down a little bit and is a nice version of what they want right now, which is like they're not running it to be a running team, they're running it to get back to passing it, right? So, I mean, they want to throw the football. Uh, you hire Eric Bieniemy presumably because you want to throw the football, and that's how they're planning on developing their young QB. You don't draft a first-round wide receiver when you've already got a, a top 12 or so guy in football and uh, Terry McLaurin at his position if you don't plan on slinging it around a bit. So I think the, the idea of Robinson is to be physical, to, to be able to, to deliver some blows between the tackles and kind of just lean on defenses with with a big grading back that gets theoretically better as the game goes along. They haven't really been able to take advantage of that because they haven't been able to get leads and really run it enough in the second half to make that work. But I haven't necessarily lost faith. I think he is kind of what I expected him to be. If they want someone who's going to be a, you know, 18 carry, you know, 90 to hundred yard player every single week, I'm not sure that that's what he is to me. He's like a, you know, a 1B or like a, I don't want to say a second back, but he is a, a thunder in a thunder and lightning situation. He's not like Travis Etienne in Jacksonville or one of these young guys who can do a little bit of everything. Yeah, but he certainly has flashes where it seems like he can do everything uh, and then he'll disappear at, at certain parts of the game. But he has been impressive catching the ball. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Oh, he can catch, yeah. And I don't mean that he, he's not capable of receiving or blocking. Like, he checks all the boxes. I just mean, I, I don't, I, like, with his size and the, the the pain he's delivering and taking on, I just don't view him as, like, an all-down, you know, full game back. I think he's more of a, he's the guy you want to bring in, basically, to deliver some blows. I don't think they necessarily have what I would consider to be the traditional, like, focal point running back. But let me ask you this, Grant. Who would you take today, Najee Harris or Brian Robinson? Well, I mean, I'm not a big Najee Harris guy. <laughs> I would probably take Brian <laughs> Robinson. Uh, I mean, I think Warren's is the best running back in Pittsburgh and has been for a while. Grant Polson with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, part of our great lineup here at 910 The Fan that begins every day at 6 a.m. with the sports junkies. Michael Phillips, MP on the mic from 10 to noon. I'm 12 to 3 before we pass it off to Grant and Danny. And Grant, Michael Phillips just texted me, Curtis Samuel officially out for Sunday so who's going to slide into that role? Is it going to be the Jamison Crowder game? I think so. Uh, Deami Brown presumably will get more reps and will see the field more. Remember, for whatever reason, last week, though, he really didn't get involved at all. I mean, he wasn't really targeted 
And as you say, Jamison Crowder got the Curtis Samuel work and ended up having a huge day. I think he went seven grabs for 95 yards, had a diving touchdown, beautiful in the corner of the end zone right at the end of the game to make it a one-possession game. He's been outstanding. I mean, this is both good for him and sad, I'd say, but he's been their best offseason addition. And yeah. they picked him up the week of the first game. And I don't even think it's close. Like, if you look at free agency and the draft, it's just a bunch of swings and misses, just strikeouts, one after another. And they hit a ball over the fence with Jamison Crowder. Uh, I think he'll probably be targeted six or seven times and have four or five catches this weekend. Grant, great stuff, man. I appreciate you joining the show. Appreciate you, brother. Be good. Yep, you're listening to AWOD Radio on The Fan. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. We'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. There are a ton of good college football games this weekend, and our friends at Sporting News put together the best games to bet on, and that includes... Virginia Tech at number 15, Louisville, and the James Madison Dukes. So we'll break that down right now as we go around college football in the state of Virginia on University Drive. Let's go to University Drive. Scores, rivalries, rankings, all the college football in the state of Virginia. We'll follow the action all season long. College football, baby! University Drive on AWOD Radio. And we begin with the hottest team in the state of Virginia, the Dukes of James Madison University. Number 23 now in the AP Top 25 and 8-0 on the season as they will travel to face off against the 6-2 Georgia State Panthers this Saturday at 3.30 p.m. And as we talk about the Dukes on our show, the story grows nationally. It seems like every day Michael Phillips has got a new clip of a mayor or a government official that's talking about, oh, why aren't the Dan Dukes playing in a bowl game this year? We're all wondering the same thing. It's an archaic rule by the NCAA, and it's stupid. It's just plain stupid. They're 8-0. They're number 23 in the country. Uh, they're going to battle for a Sun Belt championship. Oh, yeah. Only if the Sun Belt will let them. And uh, so, look, we're, we're following this story here, and it's been fun to watch the Dukes led by Jordan McLeod throwing the deep ball to Reggie Brown. But really, the story of the Dukes this season has been their defense. Incredible. With the amount of time it takes them to get off the line of scrimmage and get after the quarterback, they have been top 20 in the nation in sacks this season. So I, I think JMU gets the win this weekend, and, and I'll be honest with you, I don't see a loss on their schedule this season. We move over to ODU as the Monarchs are 4-4 four and four on the year, and they are hosting Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina is 5-3 and three on the season. ODU 4-4 four and four. Uh, should be a good battle and uh, this is a big-time matchup here in the Sun Belt. ODU really needs to get a win here uh, in the Sun Belt in the conference play. This is the time of year where you got to start stringing some wins together, and so hopefully the Monarchs can get the win at home. We move over to another home game here in the state of Virginia from Scott Stadium in Charlottesville, Virginia, with the Hoos as UVA at 2-6 and six is hosting... Four and four, Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. And Georgia Tech is favored to win in this game, but I told you guys earlier, 
Tony Elliott needs to find a way to win this game. Uh, UVA should have been on a three-game win streak. They beat William & Mary. Shock the world. Upsetting UNC, taking down Drake May. And the undefeated Tar Heels. Well, UNC's now lost two in a row. UVA won two in a row and then took Miami to overtime. They had the game. They had it in the palm of their hands. And they just could not finish off the U. So this is a this is a winnable game here against Georgia Tech. And I said, if Tony Elliott wants some serious momentum in his program, look, you don't have to beat Florida State, Clemson. You don't even have to beat Virginia Tech. But you got to win games like against NC State, which they narrowly lost. You got to win games against James Madison, right, inside the state of Virginia. And you've got to beat a lousy Yellow Jacket team in the ACC and Georgia Tech. We move over to Blacksburg, the home of the Hokies, as they are in Louisville this weekend as Virginia Tech 4-4 four four, faces off against 7-1, number 15th ranked Louisville Cardinals. But although the Hokies on the season are 4-4 four and four, and the Cardinals, of course, are 7-1, and one, this is a battle, a battle for second place in the Atlantic Coast Conference. The ACC is led right now by the fourth team, fourth place team in the country. That's the Florida State Seminoles, 6-0. They're going to be representing the ACC, most likely in the college football playoffs. But who's going to make it to the ACC Conference Championship game? Well, right now it would be Louisville. But if Virginia Tech can upset Louisville, they will take sole possession of second place in the ACC, a full game ahead of the Duke Blue Devils, UNC, the Tar Heels, and Georgia Tech with Miami, Boston College, NC State, and the Clemson Tigers at 2-4 and four on the outside looking in to maybe play themselves into the ACC Conference Championship game. But the Hokies control their destiny uh, with this big game against Louisville, then Boston College, NC State, and Virginia to wrap up the season. Uh, they're two wins away from being bowl eligible, and I have gone on record picking the Hokies to upset Louisville, upset the number 13th-ranked team in the country on the road. How are they going to do that? Defense and running the football. The combination of Tootin. And Kyron Drones. And you know what, Josh? We don't we do not do this often, but when we get things right here as radio hosts, it's time to pat ourselves on the back a little bit, all right? And I said all offseason, Kyron Drones is an exciting quarterback. He can run. He can throw it. Reminds me of growing up watching the Hokies with all those great running quarterbacks, Michael Vick, Marcus Vick, Tyrod Taylor, who's still in the National Football League, uh, slinging it right now for the Giants. Uh, he did get hurt, though. Uh, but it brought me back to growing up rooting for the Hokies, the ability to have a quarterback that can make a guy miss in the backfield, scramble, find a guy deep downfield, or just run for the first down. And that's how you help a struggling defense. You keep them off the field by controlling time of possession. And the Hokies have done a really good job of that since switching from Grant Wells after he got hurt two games into the season to Chiron Drones. So the Hokies went from 1-3 to winning three of their last four and have gotten themselves in a great position here to possibly contend for an ACC title in year two of the Coach Pry era. And that is a big-time matchup Saturday, 3.30, on ACC Network against Louisville. Defensively, Hokies, 
are really good at getting after the quarterback. That's going to absolutely be a key here. They have 15 sacks in the last two last two games. So get after Louisville's quarterback early. Keep it close throughout the first half. Give yourself a chance to come out in the third quarter. Run the dang ball with your quarterback and your two running back system there. Keep it close and steal a victory late on the road. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105. 1FM. Going around the top 25 in college football, I think Ohio State at Rutgers. Give me Ohio State to win and cover the spread. Texas A&M at number 11, Ole Miss. Give me the Aggies to pull off the upset over Ole Miss. Notre Dame at Clemson. Notre Dame wins and covers. Kansas State at Texas. I've got Texas winning that game. Texas football's back, baby. They've been waiting for decades. Texas football is back. And then give me Missouri to cover the spread that right now is 15 and a half against number one, Georgia. You're listening to AWOD Radio. That was University Drive on the fan.